This is Chris Martin, and me and my buddy Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O. Everything, host an NBA podcast called The Mismatch. They call it The Mismatch because I'm awesome and Kevin is a gigantic nerd. No, no, that, that's not why at all, Chris. They call it The Mismatch because I have a brain and you're a loudmouth bozo. Good grief. <laughs> anyway, listen to our amazing NBA podcast, The Mismatch. Or don't. We really don't care. We're probably going to win a million awards either way. <laughs> Chris, we do care. So don't say that. Please subscribe and listen to The Mismatch only on Spotify. Did you really call me a bozo? <laughs> this episode of The Ringer F1 Show is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Armorall. When you want the best for your car, preparation is everything. That's why teams like Oracle Red Bull Racing use Armorall to prep their team vehicles. From interior cleaning and protectant wipes to car wash and wheel and tire cleaner, Armorall, America's number one trusted auto appearance brand, has what it takes to keep the two-time defending champions looking their best inside and out. And get this, now through May 31st, you can get $5 back when you spend $20 prepping your car like the Oracle Red Bull Racing Team. All you have to do is upload your receipt to Armorall's website after you buy. Visit armorall.com for program details and redemption. Terms apply. Armorall, chosen by champions. It is the Ringer F1 show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I am Kevin Clark, joined in an air-conditioned car. We are upgrading. We used to do these outside. Now we're, we're inside uh, by the Ringer's Michael Bauman. Michael, hello. Hi, I'm enjoying the new car smell in this rental vehicle. Yeah, I don't think there's a new car smell, is there? Maybe it's worn off for well, me. I've had no, it they five put days. it in. They spray it in. I'm sure they spray it in with every new user so they get this uh, euphoric feeling from, from having the new car. Okay, so... Uh, the Miami Grand Prix, the inaugural Miami Grand Prix, is in the books. Here it is. Max Verstappen wins. Charles Leclerc is second. Carlos Sainz third. Sergio Perez fourth. George Russell fifth. Hamilton sixth. Botas seventh. Esteban Ocon ninth. Alexander Albon in the points again with tenth. Um, there is so much to get to. Um, before we get to our winners and losers, brief big picture thoughts on what we saw today. I think we saw... I'm not going to use this for a winner because it seems too obvious, but we saw a really, really well-executed race from Max Verstappen and Red Bull. Starting on the second row, I thought he might have trouble getting past those two Ferraris, and he made both passes look really easy, executed them very early in the race. Sign or not signs. Leclerc was was all over him at different points through the second half of the race, but Verstappen just kept him far enough away to keep that move from coming. You know, Leclerc never really even got a chance to to attempt a decisive move. It was really incredible how much Max Verstappen controlled the race. Uh, at one point, he had, uh, I think he had, Leclerc had the fastest lap and he was still 
seven and a half seconds behind mm-hmm. Verstappen. Um, the gap was huge uh, all day. And that was something that Verstappen talked about after the race is once he started building that gap. And listen, I think there were complaints in the middle of the race about how boring it got. This is what happens when the fastest car is in the lead. <laughs> like the, the, the gap goes and, and, it, and it widens and it doesn't really go anywhere. Max Verstappen knows how to control a race. There are so many tricky corners in this uh in this circuit and there's a un- highway underpass that everybody was saying needs to be changed and it's you know, like a little bit of a carnival game max himself said if he was in a go-kart this would be a great track well guess what max didn't make any mistakes on this sort of gimmicky section the, the mistake generator that they had he could have gone that he could have locked up like leclerc did he could have gone wide like botas did he didn't he controlled the entire race and that's how you win here and it's all the more impressive because this time yesterday, I thought he was going to change his name to Max. I only had four laps on Friday Verstappen. <laughs> he, he learned the track in the middle of the Grand Prix. Right. He was saying that, and he aced the start despite, and again, he was going on about this. He didn't even have a chance to attempt a practice start. So, I mean, just getting the toe um, from Leclerc and then cutting off signs through turn two and lap one. Uh, I mean, it was just such a, a really well-measured, well-executed pass. And when you think of Verstappen, you think of these, you know, big ballsy overtaking moves. And this was just so anticlimactic. This was almost Hamilton, Hamilton-esque in, in his control yep. of, of this race. Yep, that, I was thinking about that, actually. Um, Leclerc, towards the end, I think it was with four or five laps to go, got within 0.2 seconds of Verstappen, uh, clipped a curb, uh, and then got closer to the one-second thing. Uh, Max was 1.3 clear with two laps to go, and there was almost no drama at the end there. Um, Leclerc got the pole. Uh, you know, we can, we're going to legislate a little bit later whether or not this is a disappointing day for Ferrari, uh, but I, I, I was not surprised by anything that happened, uh, including when we talked about splitting the Ferraris off of turn one, it happened immediately. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, and you know, I think Leclerc ran, ran a pretty good race. He did make a couple mistakes. He got to within a second of Verstappen, he kept lowering the gap, he kept staying within DRS range, and you you wait for that decisive move to come. And Verstappen was always just a couple tenths or a couple car lengths too far ahead for him to to attempt it. And, you know, I think that Leclerc was getting pretty much everything he could out of the car, and Verstappen just had enough to stay that that much ahead of him. And this was a pretty, all things considered, this was a pretty close race in, a, in two pretty evenly matched packages, and Verstappen just had the better of them today. Sure, and I think that when the safety car came out at the end with, I think, 13 laps to go, I think people thought maybe we are going to get an epic finish. No, that's that's what happens when Verstappen is in front. He doesn't let up. Well, I think one th- my one disappointment about the the safety car, the, uh, the Nicholas Latifi Memorial <laughs> make this race interesting safety car, uh, was that there wasn't enough of a gap between the the drivers to entice anybody in the front three to come in and, and uh, pit for fresh tires. Checo, uh, Checo Perez did and, and tried to put a move on. Uh, Carlos Sainz and briefly got by him, but misjudged his uh, his braking point. But with all three of the the first three runners on old tires, I think some of the fireworks that you would expect from that late safety car restart. We're just never going to materialize. That maybe Leclerc was was only going to have one shot to to get past Verstappen, and I'm not really sure he got that. Okay, so we're going to get to everything we saw over the course of the weekend, over the course of the day. This was one of the most, I'd say, sensory overloads I've ever had in my entire life. I'm so tired. <laughs> um, I'm invigorated. Um, also, a lot of people, like you know, in Miami, there's a lot of celebrities and stuff. A lot of people seem to have a lot of energy. I can't really put my finger on why. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't Did you know. see the white I, Lamborghini Countach in the fan zone? There are three Ferraris in media parking. Yeah. 
I so, mean, I'm just, they're I'm, not ours. They're not ours. They're not ours. <laughs> um, I don't know. What, yeah. The energy I can't put my finger on. I, we're tired, but other people seem really peppy. I don't get it. Yeah. We're, so let us know if you think we missed yeah, something from know. the full Miami really experience. Um, okay. So we're going to get to all that and who we saw and, and kind of the sights and sounds. Um, we do want to get to the winners and losers mm-hmm. of this race. Um, there's a pretty obvious winner and it's, it's Max Verstappen and Red Bull. Um, but beyond that, what'd you think? Um, I thought, <laughs> So I thought about making George Russell one of my winners because he came back from a really just an awful qualifying session uh, to come back and finish fifth. He played the the stay out there and wait for the safety car game yes. to perfection. But I think he really just got lucky. I think, you know, it was calculated risk. You would expect with the walls as close there, somebody would, would hit one at some point. Uh, but when he went on the radio... At around lap 38 and said, let's just hang out here and wait for a late safety car and see what happens. That seemed like him praying. That that yeah. wasn't really calculated. Cope. Yeah. So I'm gonna say the winner is Lewis Hamilton haters because Russell finished ahead of him again, not necessarily due to to pace, although I think Russell drove a great race, but because he just ended up in a weird position, or one of them ended up in a weird position that uh ended up with a, a differential that favored Russell over Hamilton. And but the scoreboard doesn't lie. And so this is going to add more fuel to the fire of the, oh, Lewis is washed and George is, is uh, taking him over crowd. Small sample size. Yes. You're a baseball guy. You know that. Um, the strategy stuff this year has been kind of insane. So uh, as you said, Russell had a great drive going from 12th to 5th. Um, at one point, and he got he got like killed on the start, too. Yes. He was running 15th early in the race. But he, well, he was on hards. He ran long. Um, the Hamilton stuff right now, we're in a weird zone because he's gotten so unlucky with some of the strategy stuff. And they, listen, that, that that's the one thing. As someone who I default to appreciating greatness, I I personally default mm-hmm. to greatness, as as you know. Um, but when I'm talking about athletes, talking about competitors, I default to saying the person who's been great in the past is going to be great in the, in the future. Um, I think that there's with Lewis, you can go race by race. And he's gotten some bad luck in almost all of them. And and you saw today, um, I mean, first of all, they asked Lewis if he wanted to pit. And he said, you tell me, man. It's like, can we get a little better leadership from the he, paddock? I was disappointed in that from him. I, I would call that a mistake because he said that he's going to miss uh, or he would lose a position to yes. Russell. On yes, but which is true. Look, if there's anybody who knows that having a fast driver in an equally fast car on fresher tires on a safety car restart is bad news for you, it's Lewis Hamilton. Sure. And sure enough, he kept Russell behind him for a while, but sure enough, Russell tracked him down eventually. The strat- the quote was the str- over the radio was, the strategy's not been kind to me, man. He's right, yeah. but you know, he's one enough that I don't think, and I say this as, as someone you know who, who likes Lewis Hamilton, um, but it, it, he's not going to get a lot of sympathy from, from neutrals. So, I, I agree. Lewis is like a larger-than-life icon. Um, there's a reason that in the Mercedes paddock t- uh, today and this weekend, Michelle Obama was there twice. She she made it to to the race and qualifying. Tom Brady was there. Uh, David Beckham was there. Although he was kind of floating, he was he was floating in. Oh, he's Mister Miami. Yeah, 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 he's, yeah. He's got to run for re-election. Um, Michael Jordan was there. Yeah. Um. It was it was a, a sight to behold. Frankly, this weekend felt like it was it it, it should have been kind of when we saw the Mercedes. In, in free practice, it looked better. Um, Toto City didn't have a better handle on the car, but they, they were starting to get the answers. I felt like we could have expected more from from Lewis today. I agree. I'm disappointed with how the Mercedes week. I 
the the free practice numbers are what they are, but they seemed like a sign that things were going in the right direction. And I don't know how it's going to happen, whether it's going to be incremental or if it's just going to be like hitting a switch and all of a sudden Mercedes solves this porpoising problem is, is right up for uh, challenging for wins again. But the way Lewis has conducted himself this season, he doesn't seem interested in chasing the odd podium or fighting for fifth over sixth or, or even the, the championship race. He seems to be pretty well checked out of it. He, he reminds me of a quote from uh, from Mike Shanahan, of all people, when he I was, love with when he, I'm pandering to you here. When he was talking Mike about Shanahan is pandering to me, benching benching Jake Plummer for Jay Cutler way back in the mm. day, he said we might win more games with Jake, but it's not about winning games; it's about winning championships. Mm. And that's what I think Lewis's mindset is here, it, it, and that's where he's gotten himself in a in a couple weird situations because he doesn't really care about the points that he might gain or lose by taking risks with setup or, or race strategy. He's trying to figure out what's wrong with the car or find something that works that allows him to chase for race wins or get the Mercedes back into the, into that top, that fight with the top two cars by the end of the season. All right, let's move on. Um, Carlos science. Yeah. What do you think about his, his weekend? So the, the race is on is the quote from, Sergio Perez's race engineer, when Sergio gets on fresh tires, everybody looked vulnerable in that mm -hmm. spot. The idea that Sergio was not able to ever, I mean, listen, he actually did overtake him, but never uh, get out there and, and run away and hide is a testament to Carlos Sainz, um, basically, A, his, his defensive abilities, um, and, and, and not making any overtake permanent, um, and B, just his bounce back ability, because I think that Sainz could have had a complete disaster weekend. And the fact that he was able, I did not think he was going to win the race. I did not think he was going to finish second. Frankly, I thought that Verstappen uh, was, was obviously going to, to at least, uh, as long as the, he finished the race, was at least going to finish second or first. Um, but the fact he was able to hold off Checo when it looked like he was so vulnerable speaks to me about some, some uh, durability, I guess you could say. Yeah, and I didn't know that he had it in him after the past couple of weeks, the the rough times that uh, he had in Australia and uh, in, in Italy, um, the driving that he did to keep Perez behind him, I think was really, really savvy, mature defensive driving that really impressed me just based on how disappointed he looked to just be behind Leclerc mm -hmm. again. Like, he's not checking out. He's still fighting for for everything that, that he can get. And I, you know, I... He's probably disappointed that he wasn't up there for a win, that he didn't finish ahead of his teammate. And in some respects, he should be. But I think that finishing third, keeping Perez behind him is a positive. It's it's something that that wasn't a given. And he, I think he really did a lot to pull that out. I, first of all, I completely agree with you. Second of all, he will be disappointed. But the service he's providing is huge for, mm -hmm. for Constructors Championship. I mean, th they need him for this. Um, they need him not only to finish the race and to to just reliably either podium or beat Checo doesn't matter. Um, they need need a competent Carlos Sainz. Yes. Um, and, and and by the way, that's not just for constructors championship. That's for the race. That's for the race to to make sure that Charles Leclerc is in. I mean, how important last year was Sergio Perez in Abu Dhabi with that few uh, few lap sequence where he was just playing defense. And then remember, you remember famously Christian Horner said, "Absolute animal." Mm -hmm. um, that. In, in large part, one Max Verstappen in the championship. To have a competent number two like that, it cannot be overstated in this kind of title race, which, by the way, is back on. 
And I'd I'd actually make the opposite point that that for all the the highlights that Perez taking six seconds out of Hamilton's uh, lead on one lap and Abu Dhabi things like that, uh, Valtteri Bottas was the the stronger number two driver over the course of the season. And while he wasn't as good of a a wingman in an in-race situation in terms of blocking Verstappen versus Perez blocking Hamilton. And I think that that just has something to do with the kind of drivers that the two of those are. But Botas was was scoring points more consistently and scoring more of them. And that's what got Mercedes the Constructors' Championship. So that's, you know, I think Sainz has the capacity to, to do both, to be that good in-race wingman and also just rack up consistent points. And... Uh, whether or not he's happy with this result, I think Ferrari have to be thrilled with his performance. Okay, a couple of things about Ferrari, Leclerc, the whole thing. Because I don't know if they're a winner or a loser coming out of this weekend. Because it was funny because I was listening to an alternate radio feed. And I think it was Jeannie Gao was on BBC um, Radio. And, and I think she made the point that, you know, it is, is going for the win every single week, the prudent strategy for, for Ferrari. Can they take a couple twos? And, and, and part of that is justification of maybe a lack of tenacity shown on Ferrari's part this weekend. Um, so part of that was explained afterwards. Uh, Leclerc said that he, he thought that the, uh, the grip was a disaster on the inside um, where Max passed him, and it got better during the race, and that surprised him a little bit. And so that, that maybe... Um, explain some of the posturing that he had uh, when, when Max overtook him. Um, but the title race is back on. Um, the, the standings are now Leclerc 104, Verstappen 85, Perez 66, Russell 53, excuse me, 59, Sainz 53. Um, we know who the top two are. We knew who the top two were coming into this. Um, what do you think about Ferrari's weekend? Uh, two podiums, but are they happy? I agree with that point that they can afford to take a longer view than Verstappen because of the the hole that Red Bull found themselves in earlier in the season. But with that said, they're going to have to fight back eventually. And whether that's adding upgrades, which Ferrari, as far as I know, hasn't really been that aggressive in in uh, tuning up the car over the course of the season. It's, you know, race five. All right, let's, uh, but Barcelona is going to be the upgrade capital of the world in two weeks. So we'll see what they what they bring uh, to Merck Barcelona. Too. Yeah, but they've been they've gotten out to this lead because they've been so reliable because they've made relatively few mistakes and that bought them the space to be conservative to not take unnecessary risks but eventually verstappen will continue to to take bites out of this lead if they uh give them the opportunity to do that so it's just a matter of picking their spots and right now the lead is no longer 40 odd points or whatever it was after uh after two ra- or after uh, three races it's you know they've got to they've got to start really taking chunks out of Red Bull and taking the fight to them. This episode is brought to you by Armorall. When you want the best for your car, preparation is everything. That's why teams like Oracle Red Bull Racing use Armorall to prep their team vehicles, from interior cleaning and protectant wipes to car wash and wheel and tire cleaner. Armorall, America's number one trusted auto appearance brand, has what it takes to keep the two-time defending champions looking their best inside and out. And get this, now through May 31st, you can get $5 back when you spend $20 prepping your car like the Oracle Red Bull Racing Team. All you have to do is upload your receipt to Armorall's website after you buy. Visit armorall.com for program details and redemption. Terms apply. Armorall, chosen by champions. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. 
The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Mobile One. The Mobile One brand knows podcasts are a great escape. You can listen to people talking about living and maybe even driving, but of course, there's no substitute for the real thing. So the next time you're looking for an escape, try an actual escape. Take this podcast for a ride in the car and immerse yourself in the drive, because sometimes the best way to escape reality is to truly live in it. Mobile One, for the love of driving. Visit loveofdriving.us slash the ringer to learn more. I'm going to argue something that I think is probably counterintuitive, having heard the press conferences that we heard after the race. The track was a winner. Now, the asphalt was widely panned. Some of the chicanes were widely panned. The under the turnpike Formula E bit, mm-hmm. widely panned. Well, we we said uh, when we were talking before this that the drivers all hate him, but we kind of like that the drivers. We kind of like it. So Max said if he was in a go-kart, he would have liked this track. Um, and that's probably a quote that's going to be thrown around quite a bit but i think if those are all solvable problems if that's the worst thing that if it's the asphalt and chicane and a couple other things like they can deal with it. this is year one of this track i was just thinking that because how much did singapore change in the first couple years of that track layout you know you talk about bad curbs that people were complaining about that's case number one and so they're going to make tweaks they're going to talk to the drivers they're going to talk to the teams they're going to decide what is unsafe or bad for racing and what is just grow up and handle this chicane, drive under this underpass, you're in the U.S. This is just the way the roads are here. Uh, And so I'm excited to see what they do for uh, going forward. I'm not a huge fan of of street tracks in in general, but this is, you know, I think this layout in terms of a a bespoke track uh, that they're just, you know, hewing out of the... uh, you know, out of a flat piece of land, it's way better than, say, Saudi Arabia, for instance. And I think it has a lot of room to improve. Two people I need to give reluctant L's to. Mm-hmm. Feel bad about it. Yeah. Botas went wide. <sighs> yeah. And we saw, everybody said, when you go offline, it's a disaster. Mm-hmm. Botas he went offline. I, and we found I, out. I wonder if he might have ended up giving up those places eventually anyway. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, you want you want to talk about a, a big mistake that, you know, that that had big consequences. That was That was it this weekend at the, the first half of the running order. Um, I want to give an L and a hug to Mick Schumacher. Yeah, that was my second guy. That's my second reluctant oh, L. Oh, man. That's my second reluctant L. I felt so bad. So he, just so everybody knows, he was in the points. He crashes with his mentor, he was, he was, Seb Vettel. And he was not only within the points, he could have finished uh, eighth or ninth because Alonzo had a five-second penalty coming to him. And he was within five seconds when I mean, both Haas's... I was disappointed in that team's performance just in general, but... They were part of a they were part of a fun DRS train in the middle section of the race. Yep. That's where a lot of the the action was between the the two Verstappen Leclerc encounters and uh, you know swapping 
swapping places with the uh, the Alpha Tauris and the Aston Martins and the odd McLaren, and it just got away from from Mick. And it the longer this goes on, just that first point, he needs to get one on the board. And uh, you know, Gunther Steiner talked about it uh, a couple days ago when he had his media availability. Um, he just needs to get that one point on the board, and I think things will will open up for him. But Man, what a what a brutal weekend! It was awful. Uh, one well, one point I want to make up Botas is he said on Friday he does not view battling George or Lewis as personal, and I, I don't I don't believe that. I don't believe it. you can't you cannot have seen mm-hmm. the last five years of, of Botas press conferences and Drive to Survive and 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 all of those things. I think he think wants that, to think that's yes, the truth, yes. but how can that not be personal at this point? Um, I completely agree. All right, let's talk about the uh, just the 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 scene in general. When we look back, when you look back, let's say we're we're going into to next May, doing this again. What are you going to think about this week? I mean, it's they they really called their shot. F one and the organizers did talking about this as a spectacle, and I think you know I've got some ambivalence about the way this race came to be in this specific location, and you know some of the um the ways that F1 interacts with, with the community. But if you just want to put on a spectacle, I think they, they delivered on, on a pretty big promise. You know, the race, I think the racing was pretty good this year. I think it could be better in years to, uh, to come, but in terms of what was available for the fans, um, the logistics, you know, coming out here untested, everything seemed to be working really, really smoothly, uh, in a way that might not be the case at every race. So, you know, I, I think if nothing else, this is a, a pretty big uh, lo- logistical achievement for uh, for Formula One. So they have to fix some of the track, but as mm-hmm. I said, it's, it's a win to have that. The one thing I'll say is that the racing needs to be the thing here because the celebrity stuff, you can try to be Monaco, but Monaco does not have, I was talking to some of the people who go to this every other week, Monaco does not have a reliable every year, here's 30 of the most famous people in the world. There's some, but somebody was saying to me, when Tom Brady came to Monaco, it wasn't like, oh, he's one of many. It was, oh my God, Tom Brady's in Monaco. There's a lot of rich people in Monaco. There's a couple, you know, there's a bunch of models or actors or whatever, but it's it's not like this. People had never seen this before, um, where it was, as the other people I, I mentioned, um, I mean, it was the Williams sisters. Patrick Mahomes was here, even though Martin Brundle thought Paolo oh, Bancaro was, was Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes was here. Um, Bad Bunny was everywhere. Bad Bunny, I don't, I don't really, I've ne- probably never heard a Bad Bunny song. But the one thing I admire about Bad Bunny, he's clearly really into Formula One. And the other thing is, he does the WWE stuff, which is not necessarily my bag. But he clearly was like, oh, I'm hugely famous now. I'm just going to call up the things I like. And just be like, hey, mind if I hang out as That's much as possible? That's the way to be famous. That's the way to be famous is to to use your fame to get what you want. And I respect that. This is probably not like a unique insight for a guy who probably has by now hundreds of millions of dollars. But Bad Bunny is winning at life. Mm-hmm. Like more more so than anybody else in that paddock, I would say. Yeah. Um. So anyway, point Well, being, maybe not anybody else in the paddock. I, adjusted for age. Adjusted for Michael Jordan money. was in the paddock. I'm I'm just uh, we're dealing with trajectories here. <laughs> I think there's a you put you put a little bit of you have a form an algorithm. Mm-hmm. I'd say Bad Bunny is is extremely high on the list, extremely high. Okay, 
Speaking of, of calling your shot and audacious, I've never heard his music. I just, I just, he, he was, well, you, I he mean, also, you know he's more one of these guys. He's one of Bad Bunny was walking through and like every, like a Red Bull, you know, Red Bull engineers and McLaren people were like, look at that. And like, that wasn't normal. Like, there's a little bit of Beckham, but like, Kakao would walk through and be like, oh, look at that guy. Um, even I, I actually didn't. That see. is, <laughs> that is probably going to be my takeaway. This, this weekend is going to set the record. Probably, this has happened probably more in the past 48 hours to me than it's happened in my entire life to this point, is me walking past an extremely famous person yeah. and going, hey, that guy looks just like this extremely famous person. Wait, that's, didn't, didn't that literally saw, happen with us? Well, no, well, it happened to me with uh, with Mario Andretti. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if you were with me, but no. but like I remember I was going up the escalator last night and I looked back down into the little reception area in the, in the, the stadium and I was like, huh, that guy looks exactly like Kaka. Yeah. Um, George Lucas was here. Yeah. Um, he's a small George man. Lucas is everywhere. He's a small man. Yeah. George Lucas is actually in the bad bunny zone of calling up places he likes mm-hmm. and just going. Cause I think he goes to a lot of races. George Lucas might be winning at life more than Michael Jordan is. Mm, is that, is that higher or lower on the bad bunny scale for you? Well, it's higher. I mean, if we're going to use bad bunny, you said trajectory with bad yeah. bunny. So Lucas, if, if, his race is kind of run. Yeah, but he's also old as hell. Like yeah. that's there's not much race for him left to run. If sure. there was still race left for him to run, he would be disappointed. But if we're just looking, okay, Bad Bunny is going to surpass this guy or this person, and we need somebody who's the role model for Bad Bunny. Yeah. I think George Lucas over Michael Jordan. Hmm. Um, I would say that uh, I, I've, I've never. I, I there were first of all, Carlos Sainz said this. I agree. Way too many people in the paddock. Yeah, way too many people in the paddock. The, there were too many VIPs at, at this race. That was part of the problem with the grid. That, that was why the grid walked. There was such chaos. There were there were too there were too many. It was funny because I think I think it was Jessica who said this on the pod a couple of days ago. But there were too many people who who were not comfortable not being the richest, most powerful person in the room. Who oh here. yeah. And so I don't know where you start to like. There was too many like famous actors, CEOs, whatever, and then like you can't start kicking them out of the paddock once they're in there, right? And so, um, I mean, I'm saying even next year, like, it, it was it, it was just a, a, a demand problem where anyone, there were so many people who, who would be absolute guaranteed paddock access who wanted to come to this race, and that shows you the demand, but it was an absolute zoo, and the drivers were like, what the hell is this? Yeah, I mean, it's, I the number of times that, like, I ducked past uh, somebody trying to do a TV shot, you know, trying to, to stay out of frame, because, I don't want this face on TV. Nobody wants his face on TV. Uh, but then like almost ran into, like I almost knocked over Otmar Safnauer the other day. Uh, it's, it was just absolute chaos. So I think new rule, anybody who's less rich and famous than Bad Bunny doesn't get to come to next year. That's a, as you know, that's a very small list. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I, I think that, well, point I want to go back to is that celebrities come and go. And, and, and the, there's a very real there are, there's a very real uh, inflection point here where this is either going to be the beginning of something or the end of something. Mm-hmm. This is either peak F1 in America and we're going to look back in 20 years and say, do you remember when there was a Miami Grand Prix and Michael Jordan and Tom Brady and David Beckham took a photo in Lewis's uh, paddock and, you know, everybody who's ever, you know, the most famous people in the world, like we were just walking out and we saw you know, a handful, handful more of acting. You know, Anthony Ramos is down there, like all these folks, right? And, you know, we're either going to look at it like it was it was an amazing time and it's over now, 
Or we're going to say this was the jumping off point for the start of a sustainable, reliably uh, popular sport in America. And I don't know what goes into sort of the alchemy of making the second thing happen, except that the racing has to be the thing here because there's no guarantee Serena, even though she's got a partnership with the Dolphins, right? But like just using her as an example, Serena or David Beckham, I mean, Beckham is English, but look, look, Serena or Bad Bunny or any of these people. Beckham's barely English at this point. He's a Miamian? Yeah. Um, But like, you know, there's no guarantee that Bubba Watson is going to come back here next year and was so into it. So the thing that has to be here is the glamour is always going to be here. It's always going to be Miami, but it's got to be good racing. It's got to be a good track. It's the drivers have to um, deliver some epic clashes here, or else this could end up being kind of like a a, a one time. Uh, wasn't this amazing kind of event? What? So I'm getting into this in the the piece that's going to be up on Monday. There are two audiences two audiences that F1 is trying to serve with with this race. One is the the more the broader American audience, the people like you and me who are going to watch Netflix and watch ESPN, you know, maybe sign up for F1 TV and read about the sport and boost the social media profile. And then there's the people who want to get into this race: your your bad bunnies, your Josh Allen's, uh, Serena Williams, and the and the, not only that, but the people who are willing to pay tens of thousands of dollars for a paddock club. Uh, credential so they can get access to those people. So they can say, oh, I was at this race with Michael Jordan. I saw George Lucas walk by. Uh, and this this spectacle will always be good for the second group. And I think you're right that you can lose the first group with turgid racing. And I but I think F1 is aware of that. And they're, you know, it's one of their priorities to to try to spruce up the quality of racing for a series that has been kind of processional at times. But I think the second one financially is is going to matter more than the first one. Speaking of, I'm not sure anybody had more guests than Danny Ricardo. Tough weekend for McLaren. Yeah, I mean, the uh, some of it was was not there, and Zach Brown called this. Uh, in his press conference on Saturday, he said that that he didn't think they would be as competitive here. Um, Lando Norris qualified fa- fairly well, but yeah, both cars just couldn't stay out of trouble. Um, Norris ended up being the 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 guy who crashed out and started the the safety car with kind of an odd entanglement with Pierre Gasly. Uh, you know, I mentioned this during the race, but the the walk of shame. Yeah. Um, is is always kind of an amusing thing when the driver keeps his helmet on and it goes to absolutely hilarious when the driver in question is a tiny guy wearing a basketball on his head. That might be the funniest image I saw. That was a tough one. That was a tough one. Um, yeah, and I, you know, McLaren, I, I would put Haas in that bucket too. Magnussen got the five-second time penalty and didn't have a great drive to begin with. People want, so if, if anybody wasn't here, and there are probably millions of you, but uh, not everybody's listening to the podcast, if anybody wasn't here, um, of which there are, you know, what, 300 million Americans who aren't here today? Yeah, give um, or take. Give or take. Um, depending on the, I haven't seen the new census data, but... Um, I've got it on my laptop. I'll show it to we'll you. Look, we'll look it up later. Yeah. But um, I think that there's, there's a willingness. I, I think people will always like Merck and Red Bull and Ferrari. But I think this crowd... And I'm not... McLaren's always had a huge fan base. But Americans have gravitated towards... Uh, 
towards McLaren because of whether that's maybe because they have an, an American CEO. Daniel Ricardo is basically an American at this point. Lando Norris is extremely marketable. So there was a lot of McLaren orange in here. And there was a lot of Haas uh, support, frankly. Um, and that's because they're, they're an American team. I think that uh, either one of those teams could have gone a long, long way, established themselves in America with a good result today. I was sort of holding out hope that this was going to be some kind of big breakthrough weekend for Haas, whether it was you know, K-Mag snagging that that podium that they're sort of reaching towards or or getting Schumacher in the points. You know, I I don't know how much... There's there's a lot of talk. There's been a lot of talk this weekend about getting an American driver on the grid to to try to loop in American fans or, to, or about the Andretti bid, which I think Andretti needs to be on the grid for reasons other than it'll help get Americans uh, into the sport. Because I think Americans are... You know, Americans have followed soccer long enough that yeah. that they're okay rooting for people from other countries. You know that we've you know the world is small enough that you can get behind either Lewis Hamilton or Max. You ever, bro, have you ever seen the the Messi data? That's basically just like for kids under fifteen. Messi's like the most popular athlete on the planet. Yeah, I believe. In, it. I'm sorry, not the planet in America. Yeah, and so I don't think that that we are. Well, I think Americans are that tribal, but maybe not in that. You know, in this very limited circumstance. Um, but going back to the the point about McLaren, yeah, I think that that they could have this is a a team that you know how when to bring back the soccer thing, when all the Americans got into to soccer 10, 15 years ago, they all became Spurs and Everton fans because they wanted to root for somebody who was good and had like some lineage. Well, maybe not in Spurs case, but had, okay, all uh, right. But, Tough guy. Um North London Derby on on uh, on well, Thursday. One person in this car has access to the air conditioning, brother. <laughs> okay, I'll wrap this up. But McLaren was was in that position when when Netflix came in and really kicked off this sort of this renaissance for F one in America. And part of the appeal of that team is that they are the big historical non Ferrari team, and they are the. Ferrari, if and, you don't want to root the for Ferrari. Bruce McLaren, the person, is mm-hmm. a compelling historical figure. And to say nothing of of Lewis Hamilton getting his start sure. there. Ron um, Dennis. The, yeah, the I, don't th- I don't think anybody's rooting for Ron Dennis. No, I'm just saying, when you talk about the history of mm-hmm. it, there's a lot to delve into. Yeah, and so they've got a lot to, to latch onto. And the promise since Zach Brown has come in is that eventually they're going to get back to that point. Yeah. And it seemed like they had turned a corner in the past two years. And one once again, they're right back behind Ferrari. And it looks like the works engine deal with Audi is not going to come through because Audi wants different things out of that partnership. And, and so every time, you know, every weekend they have like this, that dream of McLaren being at the front of the grid just slips a little bit farther away. And uh, it's a little disappointing as somebody who, Likes McLaren for a lot of the reasons that that I just talked about. Um, anybody else you want to shout out or shout down? <sighs> Rough weekend for AlphaTauri. Just an, yeah. an unlucky race after I think a really really good qualifying session. And uh, yeah, I mean, poor Yuki Sonoda. If there's one one driver who emanates sadness more than him, I don't know. I don't know who it is. And he just had a brutal day. Yeah, I, I do think Yuki is probably the one who, who emanates sadness. It projects sadness the most. Yes. When, when he's sad. Yes. Although Mick Schumacher's radio call after that collision with Vettel was heartbreaking. It's, I think this is like, Mick, that is not Mick's default operation. Um, Yuki, I think, just doesn't know how to hide what he's feeling, which which is why I love him. But I, I think Mick, like, he just knew what an opportunity he 
that that he had just thrown away and you know how can you not be disappointed at that completely agree um my voice is back that's a winner it's a w ish it sounds pretty good brother sounds better than it did yesterday yeah it does i was like i said i didn't hear a word you said the first two days we were here when we were in the so i have a funny story about that so the day that uh Thursday, I was walking down the paddock with Jessica Spatano. Ted Kravitz stopped us and he was like, Can you guys voice the open to qualify? Uh, at that point, it's going to be qualifying, not the race. And it was like when it started, when the ask started to happen, I had two Simpsons references in my mind. The first is when Duffman visits uh, Moe's Bar when Barney is the designated driver. Uh, the second is when Bart couldn't get the role of fallout boy in the radioactive man movie because he wasn't tall enough. And so he tried to make himself tall overnight and gained half an inch. And so I was wandering around the paddock, just trying to be able to talk <laughs> and nail this, this, this line. And I just couldn't do it. And I was just like, yeah, Jessica can do it. It's good. She was tapped. So that was it. That was my, that was my one, my one shot. Your to, brush of grace. That was my that could have been your shot. big break. That was my one shot to, to, uh, to just stand in the Sky Sports opener and say, I don't even know. Welcome, welcome to Miami. Yeah. You couldn't get Will Smith to do it. Imagine, imagine if that had happened for you. You could, you wouldn't be in this car. You might be in Jensen Button's car right now. That, that was what was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That was what was going to happen. Um, but no, it was funny, and we just kind of laughed about it as soon as it was happening. And she, she, she did a great job doing it. Um, you're not mad. Me. You're not mad. Um, Don't put it in the newspaper. I'm mad at. Mad. I'm mad at my at the circumstances. Yeah. I would like to have been on the Sky Sports Open. No, I'm not saying you're mad at Ted Kravitz or, or Jessica. Or oh no, no, specifically, yeah, yeah. I'm mad at Ted Kravitz yeah, for, okay. for presenting me with an opportunity <laughs> on the list. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. It was just a really funny. A couple of days, I could not speak, and so I was going up to people. It was funny. It was I was going up to people. And being like, uh, people I, I don't know, uh, but maybe I know them online. I'm like, hey, man, I host, host this podcast. And I can't talk. So they're looking at me and being like, oh, cool. The guy who's like can't make words is trying to tell me he has a popular American F1 podcast. That sounds really cool. So I'm sure they believed me. I'm sure this was a banner weekend for the Ringer F1 show. Cornered a bunch of journalists and, and, and proved I couldn't talk. Yeah, me, me, the guy who sounds like Harvey Firestein with the, <laughs> with the volume turned down. Extremely. I'm the guy who talks for a living. Anything else, guys? I said guys. Guys, there's only, there's only, yeah. yeah. Okay. No, let's uh, get out of the car. All right. This has been the Ringer F1 show on the Ringer Podcast Network. Thank you guys for listening all week. Erica Cervantes for excellent, excellent production help. Uh, I am going on vacation uh, starting tomorrow. I think we'll have some, some stuff on the feed. Uh, I will see you after Barcelona. Bye. Wait, by the way, I meant Barcelona, the race. No, I'm not going to Barcelona. Oh, I thought you were listening to Barcelona by Freddie Mercury. Yeah, no, that too. Okay. Bye. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. 
you might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.